Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, we want to continue on our series uh, that we've been talking about over the last month about renewing, uh, about mastering the mind. And so uh, I just want to pick up on that, and I'm going to read a scripture found in Romans 12, which you know has really formed the foundation. Of, uh, of what we've been preaching about. So you probably have heard it already, this scripture, but hey, I think it's a great way to start, right? Romans 12 verse two. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. There's a comma there. When I read that, I thought, oh damn, snap. I got challenged right in that moment. Don't copy the customs and the behaviors of this world, guilty. Right, we all do that. We all try and copy what we see in front of us. But yet this scripture says, do not copy the behaviours of the world because the reality is there's no freedom found in that. Life is not found in what the world will offer you. It doesn't matter how, how well it's wrapped up, how well it's disguised, how, how awesome the enemy may seem uh, to, 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 to make it look like. There is nothing that can give you life from what the world will offer. It goes on and says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, or in other words, by renewing your mind. Who do we let transform us? God. Not your mates, not your bank balance, not YouTube, not Google, not the internet, not TV, not the latest clothes or whatever it may be, but it says let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. So if we want to be renewed, we need to let God renew something. If we want to be changed and transformed, then we need to allow God in to renew the way that we think. Isn't it funny, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been uh, over my lifetime, or 20 years of it, hallelujah. People are like, yeah, I know, you only look 20, thank you. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've been on many times, uh, you know, when I was 18, I met my amazing wife, and uh, man, I'm telling you, I was cut, legit. You know, what does that mean? Like, I had abs, right? I was rocking those bad boys. And, uh, and when I got married, who cares? I got my wife now. So, you know, no need to work out, right? All the husbands in the place said, amen. Mm-hmm. I know, I see you once you get married, it all, all goes downhill there. And I said, some of you's not, but me anyway, definitely. Right? And so, you know, there's been many times I've tried to get back to that 18-year-old Steve. And uh, so I've gone to the gym. And uh, isn't it funny how we, 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 we make that commitment, oh, I'm going to get healthy. We go to the gym, we sign up, we pay hundreds of dollars for a membership that's meant to last us for a year, and it lasts us a few weeks. Right, you get into that gym membership, you're all go, you're gung-ho, you're in there, you know, like four or five days a week, you're loving it, you know, you're like, oh, look at myself in the mirror, babe, look at me. She's like, I've seen nothing, no change. You're like, damn it, what's the point? Or you think I'm going to eat healthier. I've also tried that one. I'm not going to go through drive through anymore. I'm not going to be tempted by the golden arches. I'm not going to be tempted by Dirty Bird. Uh-huh, that is my weakness, KFC. All Kiwis love KFC. Come to my house, bro, for some KFC. Uh-huh. And we do well for a few weeks, but yet every time we drive down the road, there seems to be those golden arches before us. Every time they seem to get brighter and brighter, the pool gets stronger and stronger. The thought of a Big Mac in your mouth and the juicy sensation just starts to entice you. The picture they put on the billboards in front of the, the Maccas or whatever it is make the burgers look phenomenal, but yet I've never seen a burger actually look that way. But yet they get you, right? You're driving, I'm doing, oh, but I've had so busy, I've got no time to cook dinner, such a fast-paced life. I'm just gonna pull, it's just one Big Mac. One Big Mac turns into two, turns into an upsize, 
turns into two combos, turns into a large Coke, turns into, oh, well, you know, I'm going to eat, I've got to have dessert too, so give me five, five Sundays and a soft serve, right? And then it's like, what's the point? We try and save money. Who's done that? Then the iPhone 11 Pro comes out. Plus, because we've got to get the plus, because plus size is, is always better in a phone. And, uh, and so anyway, and so we try and save money, but yet the latest new gadget comes out and we're like, oh, damn, iPhone, iPhone 11 Pro? Man, I've only got XS. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out. I am missing out. And all, your, all the young people you follow, oh, I've got an iPhone 11 Pro. You're like, damn, if they're getting one, I've got to get one. Right? And so you're like, oh, but I'm saving money. Oh, well, I'll blow my $1,800, my yearly savings that I've budgeted. Who cares? We'll just save money next year. What about when we know that we need to apologize and say sorry, but yet we choose not to? What about when we know the right way to live, but yet we choose what's easy? Because the right way is not always the easy way. Actually, 99% of the time it's not. Have you ever wondered why? When you try and do something, often it is so hard to actually see it through to the point where it brings transformation. Why? Because we continually lose the battle in our mind. We try and fight it in the natural. We try and fight struggles that come our way. In the, in the natural, we try and do better. We try and be a better person. We try and eat better. We try and live a healthier lifestyle. But yet, we forget to realize that there isn't an action that takes place without a thought first attached to it. So we wonder and we struggle along, continually falling over, continually feeling condemned, continually feeling like we're not good enough, like we're never getting the breakthrough, but yet we've forgotten to realize that actually the issue is the way that we think. And that the transformation needs to take place here first before you can see it outwork in your life. But we go to what we see, the natural stuff. But tonight I want to challenge us that change can only come when we renew our mind. When a thought comes into our mind, it can determine what comes out of our life. Our thoughts create pathways, which makes it easy to think that thought again. Once a thought enters your mind and you think on that, there's a new pathway that's been created in your life. How many people know when there's a pathway, you follow that pathway, right? It doesn't make sense to walk off the pathway and go bush because you get bitten by a snake and probably die. Uh-huh. That's why I never go bush, I'm Kiwis. So that pathway is created. So we think that thought, the pathway is created. Then the moment the enemy knows that, and so then he sows that seed of thought, that doubt again, whatever it may be. And we follow the same pathway because every time we think on a thought, we allow it to remain in our mind. That pathway has been created. Now that is awesome if what we're thinking is good. That is awesome if what we're thinking is God-centered. That is awesome if what we're thinking is the truth of who Jesus says we are, but the problem is often it isn't. So therefore the pathways that we continue to create in our mind are ones that are not leading us to a life that Jesus has designed. Thoughts program our brain to believe what we think is true, even when it isn't. If the devil can get your attention for five seconds, he will have your mind for five minutes. The pathways that are created in our mind cause us to see things through different filters. Have you ever been outside and you put sunglasses on? It's a filter, right? Sunglasses have filters. So it changes or masks the way that things look in reality. You have the sunglasses, oh wow, it was a really bright you know, day. Then you take them off like, hang on a minute, it's not so bright after all. Why? Because they're looking through a filter. 
And so when the pathways in our mind have been created, we start to look at life and situations through different filters that we place in front of us. If the foundation of our thoughts aren't based on God's truth, then the filters that we view life through will lead us to a place that we don't want to be in. Here's an example. When trust is broken, the pathway that is created is that we'll never trust again. I'm going to never trust again because the last time I did it created so much pain and, I, and, and we are programmed not to want to go where pain is. So therefore, there's no way that I want to go back there because of the pain that was created. So, so the moment someone says, hey, I, I really love you or you can trust me, there's alarm bells that go up. The filters go up and we start to hang out and all we look through is the last time we trust somebody, we got hurt, we got broken. It didn't turn out the way that we thought. So we never choose to trust again when situations, even situations that are good, open and present themselves to us. We choose not to go through them because of the filters and the pathways that have been created. Even when God opens doors of opportunities, if the pathways that have been created are ones that aren't based on God's Word, but are based on our past experiences, if the filters that we're looking through are ones that are blinded and blurred a little bit to the truth and the reality of Jesus Christ, then the moment God opens a door, we will never choose to walk through it because of what's been created in our mind. And we wonder why. We're waiting for God to open doors and think, God, I, I, why, why is there no opportunities before me? God says, I'm presenting them before you continually, but we're choosing not to go through them because we haven't recognised that the pathways in our mind are ones that aren't God-centred. They're ones that are not God-created. And therefore, our filters are all messed up. What about when pain hits and we all deal with pain differently? Pain will drive you to something. When you're hurt, you'll get driven to something. Some people run to food. Hallelujah. Some people run to alcohol. Some people run to relationships. They go from one relationship to the next because that's how they deal with the pain that, that is going on for them internally. Some go to the internet and the pleasure that that can provide. And the problem is, is that the pathways in continually get created. And if we're not dealing with pain and running to Jesus, who ultimately is the only one that can bring us freedom... We will run to something else. The moment we run to something else, the pathway is then created, the filters are then formed, and an addiction takes place. That's why there's a generation of young and old who are struggling with addictions because we think on thoughts that aren't God-based, that aren't founded in the Word of God, and we allow that to, to create the pathways and the bases and the filters that we live and look at life through. When we, spend, when, we, when, we, when we go through pain, we, we, we medicate in all sorts of different ways. But tonight I want to declare that doesn't matter what pathways have been created. God is a miracle working God. You say, Steve, have I ruined it because of the pathways that have been formed? No, you haven't because I want to declare that in God's presence, as we, as we commune with God, as we allow that to be the foundation of who we are, He can transform and change the pathways so that we can actually start to have outcomes that Jesus has designed for our life. See, we start off with the fourth thought. And this is the pattern that can often lead us to the way we struggle. We get hit with the thought that doesn't come from God and we fail to realize the point of origin. What's the point of origin? Where it comes from. We fail to realize where that thought has come from. So then that thought hits our mind and we think on that, thinking that, hey, you know, maybe that is a thought that I should be thinking on when actually it's been masked very cleverly to bring destruction in your life. 
when we get hit with the thought that doesn't come from God and we fail to recognize that, then that will lead us down pathways that we don't want to go. Every day we're bombarded with different thoughts, thoughts that will either lead and bring us to life or thoughts that will bring death into our life. Thoughts that will either come from three different areas, either from ourselves, from other people or from God. And the question is, how good are we at recognizing where our thoughts come from? We need to, if we want to win the victory over our mind, then we need to be quick to decipher where those thoughts come from. And the moment that we can get good at deciphering where those thoughts come from, then we can take authority over the ones that we shouldn't think on versus the ones that we should think on. Because there's too many people thinking on wrong thoughts. There's too many people thinking on thoughts that other people have sown into your life that are never going to bring life because they're not the source of that. There's plenty of people thinking thoughts that they themselves have chosen to think on. You know what? The moment you think on a thought, the chances of you doing it are dramatically increased. When a thought enters your mind, if you can be quick to take authority over that and I bind it in Jesus' name when you know that it's not from God and you take authority over that and you choose to cast it out in the name of Jesus and then you start to meditate on God's word, then the reality of that becoming a stronghold in your life is dramatically decreased. But the problem is that thought comes and we take a moment to think on it. Bang! The percentages of you doing that has dramatically increased now. How well do we know the difference between God's voice, our own voice, and external voices? When we struggle to know God's voice, then we struggle to live a life of victory. We struggle to decipher where it comes from when we don't know the voice of our maker. If we want to master our mind, then the only voice that we should be listening to is the voice of God. And can I tell you, church, that only comes by spending time with Him. I know my wife's voice. I don't have to see her. I don't have to be in the same room as her, but I know her voice. Why? Because I spend time with her. We talk, we commune, we do life together. A marriage and a relationship without knowing and, 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 and knowing her voice and having that investment of time, and then it's not a relationship at all. But yet, how many of us, is, our walk of God is like that? We turn up with church and think, yeah, I'm a Christian, but yet there's no investment of time. And then we wonder why we can't hear God's voice. Why? Because we're not investing time. We're not communing with Jesus where we would begin to recognize his voice every day. Every day when he speaks it, we would get it. When God opens up a door of opportunity, hey, speak life into that person at work. We get it because we're in tune to the voice of God. When we bring our young people to a mega camp, you know, if we're not in tune with the voice of God, then we miss it and someone like Sneha doesn't walk free of the things that have been holding, holding her back because the person who's there isn't in tune with God. Being in tune with the voice of God doesn't only bring you in freedom, but it brings people around you into freedom. I don't know about you, I want to be someone who not only walks in freedom, but has the ability to bring others in freedom because of the power and the presence of God that lives within me. Because I'm called to bring, bring life. We're all called to bring life to situations. But we need to know God's voice. John 10 verse 2 to 5 says, But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I'm not, it's not a New Zealand story. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, after he gathers his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, here it is. 
they won't follow a stranger. When the enemy comes, they won't follow him. When a good opportunity comes and they don't recognise the voice that that's coming from, they don't follow that. When a thought enters your mind, but you're quick to decipher, hang on a minute, I don't know where this thought's coming from. I don't recognise that voice. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. The only voice we should know and be in tune with is the voice of God. First, we think on the thought, which then, once we thought on it, it then creates an image. An image of how we see ourselves, an image of how we see situations, an image of how we see other people, areas of breakthrough. Then the pictures that are created form the foundation that we live life from. If I said to you, don't think of, McDon- don't think of McDonald's and the Golden Arches and the Big Mac right now. Guarantee you're thinking about it, right? <laughs> Got you, snap. <laughs> right, because what we think on creates a picture. If the picture that we're creating is not found in the Word of God, then it's not leading us to the life that Jesus has for us. For those of us who struggle to win the battle of our mind, then struggle with fast food. When I say McDonald's, you're probably tempted to go there right now after the service. I'm out, man. You mentioned McDonald's, man. My tummy is rumbling hard. I'm going. I'm going. See, when we don't recognize where it comes from, the pictures are formed. And then if that's formed, then the thoughts that enter our mind, if it's unchallenged, and if the images that are created are not based on God's word, then a stronghold is formed in your life. Unchallenged thoughts create false images, which leads to ungodly thought patterns, which create strongholds within your lives, which are very difficult to overcome. A stronghold is a place that has been fortified, so it would protect from any attack. That's why strongholds are so hard to break. It's a fortified thing to stop any attack from coming in. So when we create strongholds in our life that are not God-based, the moment we try and bring breakthrough to that, we can't do it because it's programmed to just fight it at all costs. The only way we can do that is by the power of Jesus. We need to learn to change the cycle of our thought life. We need to reprogram our thoughts. That when that thought comes, that we get into the habit of daily reprogramming our mind. Daily reprogramming our thoughts. That we think what God wants us to think. When we're bombarded all the time with stuff that doesn't come from God, that we would, you know, I believe what we should do. If we're bombarded every day with things that are contrary to the Word of God because the enemy wants to take us out and he knows that that's the greatest strategy to get you to fall. If that is a strategy and we're getting bombarded, how much more should we be bombarding our mind and our thought life with the things of God? If the enemy knows I'm going to constantly bombard you visually with what you see on TV, I'm going to constantly bombard you with what people say, I'm going to constantly bombard you with an idea, you know, then how much more, how much more do we then need to run to God and run to everything that He gives us to, to, to get into His presence? If we're going to win the battle and reprogram our thoughts, then it's going to take us to get into those atmospheres where we're constantly in God's presence. You see, coming to church once a week is awesome and you need to keep doing that. However, if that's all you're doing, then we're never going to win the battle over our mind. We're never going to reprogram our thoughts because of how much we get bombarded every day. Yeah, worship, I love worship. I'm, I'm, not a wor- I'm not a worship pastor. I can't sing very well, but I am a worshiper. I love worship. I was made 
to worship. We were driving out the mega camp and I was saying, saying to Al that, uh, man, I just got to get these songs. I've got, I got certain songs, you know, that just get me into the presence of God. I'll put them on, I'm bang, hands are up, going off the road. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, eyes are closed. I'm like, oh, hang on, eyes open, one hand on the steering wheel. Because there's certain songs that will just lock me into God's presence. You've got to have those. Where you're constantly, I'm like, come on, baby, we're gonna, we're gonna, we need God because the reality is, man, we can't see anything take place at mid camp on our own. We need, we need God's grace. We need God's power. So bang, chuck on. Come on, I've got I to gotta, I gotta get into God's presence. Come on, God, not my thoughts, but your thoughts. Come on, God, my thoughts are rubbish. Your thoughts are awesome. My thoughts don't lead anyone to life, but you do. Come on, I've got to get in your presence. I've got to bombard my life, bombard my thinking with your thoughts. Create that worship music, singing and worshiping. Creating the atmosphere of worship. You're all called to be worshippers. Get and pray. Pray and declare God's truth up over your life. Read the Word of God. The Word of God is actually, it brings life. When the enemy comes with you at a thought, when you've got a scripture you can go back at him with, it disempowers what he does. When he tells you you're no good and you say, no, no, I am good because I'm a child of God. It disempowers straight away. Well, the enemy's meant to be, to, to cause destruction, you're all of a sudden creating life in that situation. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Eat lollies while you meditate. So you'll be sure to obey everything that is written in it and then you will prosper and succeed. When we a quick to decipher where that thought comes from when we constantly bombard our, our mind and our thoughts with God's stuff. When we're hanging out constantly in God's presence, not only do we quickly take authority over thoughts, but we reprogram the images that are created in our mind. We start to see life in a whole new direction, which leads to a whole bunch of God opportunities, new dreams being unlocked and realised. We start to see things that we never saw before. You know what? I believe God's sitting here tonight saying, I've got this amazing dream for you. I've got this amazing opportunity that I'm laying right before you. But we don't see it because of the filters that we're looking at life through. God's saying, would you just get in my presence? Would you renew your mind? Would you allow my presence to renew your mind? But can I say that's one thing, but then you also, there's a step you need to take. When that thought comes, you then need to take authority over it. God's not going to take it away. But I, but I prayed this morning. What do you mean? I got in God's presence this morning. The thought came at lunchtime and I went to McDonald's. Yeah, you've got to take authority over that thought. Yeah, there's a part you need to play in that as well. Whole new levels of possibilities opened. It's amazing how we look at life differently when we allow God to reprogram our thinking. You know, I've been... Um, uh, I've been just uh, working out a little bit and um, I haven't been going to the gym because I knew that doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, so I bought an exercise bike. I thought if I put it in the lounge, then, uh, you know, hey, then uh, that, that'll be awesome. Then it's right there, right in front of me. I don't need to go out uh, and I'll do it. And so I started at 95 kgs. I'm down to 89. And um, thank, thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's amazing how prior to that, I didn't know what really healthy... Uh, you know, living a lifestyle. Well, I don't really, you know, whatever. Right? People say, "Oh, KFC, you feel so bad afterwards." I'm like, "Doubt it, man. That is awesome. Give it to me anytime. I love it. Don't you feel dirty afterwards? No, I don't. Give me more. I don't. I'm that guy that doesn't know when to stop. Then afterwards, can't hardly walk out of KFC. Right? 
and this is, this is, this is no exaggeration. I'd been, I'd, been, I'd been working out and, and riding the bike and losing weight and stuff like that and been, I was feeling amazing. I was feeling a whole new way that I had never experienced before, except for maybe when I was 18, but not for a long time. And one of our youth leaders uh, says to me, hey, Pastor, I'll uh, bring around some KFC tonight after youth. I'm like, mad, it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, dude, keen, right? Maybe the fact it's 11 o'clock probably is not a good idea. Sits in your, sits in your body all night. But I'm like, keen. And I was like, what are you doing? You've been, you know, you've been working out, you're looking good, you're losing weight. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Just one cap, one lot, it's all good. Right. Anyway, I eat it and I'm like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. I now see because I'm starting to reprogram how I live, I'm now starting to see things with a whole new different viewpoint. The next morning, 8 a.m., I never get up 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning after youth because it's a late night. I was up, I had to go straight on the bike because I feel horrible, right? That's what happens when we allow God to renew our mind. We see life in a completely different way. Not only does it repro, not only are the images that are created reprogrammed, but here's the other thing: that then also leads to unlock the blessing. When we reprogram our thoughts, the images that are created are new, and there's a new level of blessing that is upon our life. We all want to live a blessed life, where we can have things that are pushing against us, but yet still live our best life. Are you living your best life tonight? spoke to our young adults, I started, man, God wants the best life for you. The problem is, is that often our best life is determined by what's going on in our, you know, in our world. When things are great, we're living the best life. When things aren't great, our life is a mess. You know what? I honestly believe you can be in the valley, but you still live your best life. That is the life that God has created for you to live. That is the life of blessing that He wants for you to live. He doesn't want people who are high highs and low lows because they're very difficult to use. He wants people that are just more even killed like this. Yeah, you might have your days that you're up slightly, down slightly, but it's not drastic. Why? Because we know who God has called us to be. Because we have taken authority. When thoughts come, we take authority over it. When we know it's not of God, when that thought comes, we're quick, okay, God, is this of you? No, it's not of you. This is totally opposite to what your word says. We take authority over that. We pray. We declare, we worship. You know, the other thing I've learned, when a thought comes in, and the whole team, you can come and join me. That'd be awesome. When a thought comes into my mind, not only practically do I need to, you know, choose to take authority over that, declare some scriptures, and then not think on that anymore. The other thing I've found works for me personally is that if I'm doing something and a thought comes, then if I just practically get up and go and do something else, then actually that, just the act of getting up and doing something else changes the way that I think. So the problem is, is we just are watching a movie late at night, a thought comes and bombards us or whatever, and we think all these horrible thoughts, I tell you, bind it in Jesus' name, I cast you out, devil. But yeah, we don't get up and do anything, and then the thought comes back, I bind you in Jesus' name, I cast you, and then the thought comes back, I bind it, and like in five minutes, the thoughts come back like so often. Just get up, get up, change what you're doing. Just the act of changing what you're doing creates your mind to think of something else. I believe we can live in freedom in Jesus' name. Psalms 34 verse 7 says, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. God's got you. You have the ability to master your mind. You have the ability to create new pathways. But come on, we've got to allow God to do that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. 
If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.